I play, as long as I go number one in the draft. From the Erie Otters, Connor McDavid. From the London Knights, Mitch Marner. From the Western Hockey League's Brandon Wheat Kings, Nolan Patrick. This is Tracking the Draft with Craig Button. He checks an enormous amount of boxes. Nobody in this draft did more with less. I absolutely love him. It's not his skills that anybody's concerned about. It's that playing attitude. And quite frankly, it's really poor. Speeding towards the future of the NHL. From the U.S. Development Program, Jacob Truba. From Faryastad of the Swedish Elite League, Jonas Brodin. From the Boston U Terriers, Brady Kachuk. He could play in the NHL next year. He's one of those guys. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode number 27, season two of Tracking the Draft with Craig Button, the director of scouting for TSN, as well as the vice president of scouting for Duckman's Domination and the president of high-level scouting in the UFHL will be along very shortly. And this is where the stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed. And uh, the three players, prospects, NFTs that we will be discussing today are Brant Clark, defenseman, played in Slovakia this year during the lockout, usually plays in Barrie, was very good at the U18s. Ruby ISS nagged him in the original uh, auction, the futures auction, for $300 and put up 15 points in 26 games in that men's league. We're also going to be discussing Ken Johnson, centerman with Michigan in the Big Ten of the NCAA. Daltac Scouting Service snagged him for a hundred bucks. That is going to seem like, uh, yeah, you can you can add at least one, maybe more zeros to that when the uh, when he gets auctioned. Uh, I, I'm going to guess uh, this is a guy a lot of people have pegged as a potential top ten player, and uh, he was exceptional. Uh, with Michigan this year in his freshman season. And a guy that Craig has ranked 30th on his rankings, Oscar Olison, a forward that played uh, in the SHL. He split some time uh, with the uh, the younger league as well with HV71, Fantalytica.tech. This is a prospect that was uh, originally purchased, I think actually by uh, Ruby ISS Scouting, if my memory uh, serves correctly. Um, I think he was, uh, or I think he might have been uh, originally purchased by uh, Ruby. And then uh, what happened was the prospect was sold uh, to Fanalytica.tech for 28 or 280 rather score coin. And uh, with the uh, SHL this year with HV71, he had four points in 16 games. So that's kind of a look at the uh, three prospects we will be discussing on today's program and we're discussing it thanks to the ultimate franchise fantasy sports craig joins us uh, on the uffs hotline check out the website uffsports.com get in the game where you own the game you can scout players that craig and and other scouts are actually doing sam casacosentino just signed up as a scout in our world and of course craig is also uh, the president of scouting for high level scouting and uh, the vice president he's in charging for my franchise duckman's domination this show of course broadcast proudly on ufsn ultimate fantasy sports network your one stop fantasy sports shop if you have a daily weekly monthly show if it's about fantasy 
Fantasy Sports, we'd love to talk. We do have high standards, but I'm sure we can help you meet those as well. We want to be the place everybody comes to for their fantasy sports news. Email UFSN at UFFsports.com if you are interested in uh, joining the rotation uh, on uh, UFSN. All right, let's get into it now with the man um, that is behind a lot of our scouting decisions, well, all of our scouting decisions in the UFHL when it comes to Duckman's domination. Craig Button, right after this. Here he is. The director of scouting for TSN, former GM of the Calgary Flames, and a Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars. Plus, he's a sharp-dressed man with a heart of gold and a passion to match it. Craig Button. Craig, it is uh, going to be 30 degrees uh, if it's not already in Alberta today. So uh, you and I got to make this short and get outside and get some of that free vitamin D that our province is is uh, giving out. And um, soon we'll be back to normal and we can all enjoy, um, you know, uh, gatherings and everything again. And we can celebrate the NHL draft when it happens. And who knows, uh, maybe by then uh, fans will be able to gather and, and celebrate their team's picks. Um, we're going to get to some players today. But first of all, I want to ask you, what do you consider skills that a player can legitimately improve over time? Uh, you're not talking about a 10-goal score becoming a 50-goal score in the NHL, but what do you look at skill sets that players can, you think, ah, this guy could legitimately improve this and become a better player? Well, I, I mean, why don't we take goal scoring as an example, Dean? And, you know, you, you, you're right. You're not going to take a 10-goal score and make him a 50-goal score. But what, what, what you can do is is take the best goal scorers and goal scorers, uh, you know, that maybe aren't the best and, and help them improve. Like, you know, how, how do you get the puck off your stick quicker? You know, the release, you know, how, how do you get more velocity on, on your shot? So the goaltender, you know, has a more difficult time, not only getting a read on the puck, but, you, you know, even if he does, you know, has a harder time, contr- uh, you know, controlling that shot off the, off the initial uh, stick. So, you know, that's one thing. I mean, skating, you can always improve your feet work. And, you know, what goes into in, into your footwork and whatnot is also as your body is growing and you're trying to find that coordination, you know, how, how do you find a way to, you know, be able to be a little bit quicker in your turns? I mean, those are all skills that you're going to be able to improve upon. And there's many more than just that. I mean, we talk about goaltending skills, you know, patience is a skill, you know, not, not, not collapsing in your position, you know, staying strong and, and, and in a good stance and, and holding that position and not showing the shooter anything. Martin Berger did it as good as anybody, but you can teach those skills to other goaltenders. It doesn't mean, it does not mean that you're going to be Marty Berdur. It doesn't mean that if you improve your footwork as a defenseman, you're going to be Victor Hedman, or if you're going to improve your shot and the velocity on it, that you're going to be Alexander Ovechkin. 
But those are all areas that you can improve on. And, you know, Brad McCrimmon, my, my dear late friend, I mean, obviously, you know, the McCrimmons exceptionally well. Brad, I remember one year in Calgary, we were talking about, oh, we need a 20 goal score. And Brad goes, yeah, 20 goals is what we need. And, and finding a 20 goal score is really hard. But can we get two more goals out of this player and three more goals out of that player and another goal out of that player? And, you know, looking at it in, 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 with respect to uh, uh, the overarching goal. So if, if you can get a 20-goal score to score 10% more goals, it's only two. But if every player improves by 10%, that's two here. and might be three someplace else. And it might be one another place. And, and now by everybody improving, collectively the team improves. And I think for young players and players in the NHL always looking to try to find ways to do things better. And, uh, you know, you're not going to make these quantum leaps in improvement, but you can make good, strong uh, improvements that allow you to be just a little bit better. And I'll tell you what, a little bit better is a lot in professional sports. Yeah, especially when you spread it around uh, the rest of the team. So let's talk about our first player, uh, we're our first prospect for the 2021 draft, defenseman Brant Clark, uh, playing in Slovakia this year with HC Nove Zamki and Ruby ISS owns this uh, NFT uh, purchased for three hundred dollars uh, in the uh, original uh, futures auction. So I, I, you know, he played in the OHL and was going to be a top prospect. Goes to Slovakia during the the pandemic. What was the level of competition that he was playing in over there, Craig? Well, it's a pro league. And when you're playing in a pro league, you're playing against older players, experienced players. And, you know, one of the things about younger players, it's not that they have the skill, but, you know, trying to understand how to utilize that skill against players that have seen that skill, that have played against that skill, helps you understand how you're going to utilize uh, your skill to make an impact as you move up in the levels. And that's part of gaining experience. And that's part of understanding, uh, you know, as you get older, hey, this is what you do. How many times do we hear about, oh, a player's really coming into his own? Mm -hmm. A player coming into his own is not just physical maturity. It's also a mental maturity, understanding, oh, that's how players are going to play against me. And this is what I can do. And this is what I understand. And so I think that when you, and, and keep in mind too, it's a different style of game playing in Europe. And it's a different style of game playing on the bigger European rink. Those are all qualities that, uh, and, and experiences that will help Brett take a little bit of this and apply it somewhere else and a little bit of that and apply it in this situation. And Brant's an exceptionally smart player. And, he, and he's one that's really, really imaginative and creative. So I would say that playing in a professional league against older experienced players and being able to draw things from that league and, and from those players is only going to help a Brant Clark because he's always looking at how he can take greater advantage of a situation. Well, I can tell you Ruby ISS scouting is really happy because they have Brant Clark. They also have Owen Power, who, who we'll talk about as we uh, approach the draft. So they're looking really good. And and I wonder how he looked. Uh, you know, you watched him in Barry. Then, as you mentioned, he went and played against men in a pro league in Europe. What differences did you see, if any, in his game at the U18s after watching him in a pro league? Did his skating improve on the different uh, kind of ice surface? Did his, Was his decision-making more confident? Were there things that you you saw in his game that you said, ah, you know, they, they might've been there still, but they, maybe they're improved or he's just showing a difference in, in things after playing against men. 
I've watched Brant play uh, at the Canada Games. I've watched him play in midget with uh, the Don Mills Flyers when they won the OHL Cup. Uh, I watched him play U17. I watched him play in the OHL. Saw some, saw some uh, games on tape from him in Slovakia and obviously at the U18. Brant Clark doesn't lack confidence. He, he, Brant Clark just builds on his confidence. And, you know, and I think, again, back to when we talk about, you know, what, what you can glean from any type of experience. Brant's always looking to glean more and more and more to understand how he can take advantage to a greater extent. And, you know, again, I think all those experiences when you're when you're playing in them and, and each one is going to provide a, a, a different element uh, of, of, of experience that's going to challenge you in ways that's going to help you understand, okay, this is what I got to, I got to do a little bit better, you know, whether it be doing things quicker, whether it be, you know, one of the things that experienced players have that younger players are developing is patience. And Brant has never had a problem, you know, initiating. I, the, I always say that he plays the game on his toes. He never plays it back on his heels. He's always playing forward. That's how defensemen, top defensemen play in today's game. But, you know, he's always had a poise about his game. But when you're playing against other players and, and they're patient and they're saying, go ahead. Like, you know what? We're not going to give you that. How do you open them up and how do you take their patience to apply it to your game? And, and, and I think for Brandt, when you're playing against older players, you can now understand, okay, that's not going to open up. I'm not going to force that. So when you asked me how he came back to the U18, I saw a, 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 little, a little more of that patience in his game that says, I just need to wait an extra second or two and then it will open up. And I think those were the benefits of playing against experienced players that don't open up so quickly. Younger players do, older players don't. And I think that that was one of the big things that I saw from him at the U18. Out of the big four defensemen, the kind of the top four in the, in the rankings uh, this year, uh, he's the right-handed shot out of those. Is the right-handed shot overblown? Uh, I, I remember, you know, going back to, oh, if it's a right-handed center, that puts the player over the edge. Well, not if he's not as good as the other player. You can, you know, it's. Uh, I, I wonder if sometimes that that right-handed shot, left-handed shot, is made too much of, or is it a, is it a, you know a distinct advantage for a player to be a right-handed shot? in today's game? I, I don't think it's a distinct advantage. I do think it's overblown. And I think it comes straight down to, you know, you're, you, you're trying, you can't just have a team of all left wingers. You can't just have a team of all left shots unless you're the former Soviet national team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, they're, they're, but, but you're trying to find balance in your lineup, right? And so, but you can never lose sight of what a player's attributes and skills are. So l- let me use an example. Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr, top young defensemen in the National Hockey League, top. Now, they were one and two in the Hobie Baker uh, 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 trophy balloting. Kale won it, Quinn did. They were one and two in the NHL rookie, uh, rookie of the Year voting. You know, I, I, don't, I, I, I don't think that either one of those teams, Vancouver or Colorado, would be disappointed about having the other guy if that's who they had. So there's a left shot defenseman in Quinn Hughes and a right shot defenseman in, in Kale McCarr. If I go a little bit deeper to Colorado, Bowen Byron's a brilliant left shot defenseman and Kale McCarr is a brilliant right shot defenseman. 
if you could only have one of them and you put your you, you put the two names in a hat and you had to pull it out blindfolded you wouldn't pull uh one or the other out and go i can't believe i didn't get the other guy mm-hmm. yeah good so good analogy it comes down for sure. to skill and talent right then that's that's the way i would answer that like never lose sight don't try to fit things in to, to fit a narrative you know who's the better player who controls the puck who controls the tempo one guy does it with a right shot you know it's 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 like the difference between uh you, you know there's different positions you, you, in in every sport and there's different skills required and you know a player that's been a right shot defenseman is has, has been uh, a player that's learned and and developed and excelled at being a you're not going to ask him to go be a left shot defenseman. Phil Mickelson's a great lefty, and mm-hmm. that is his nickname. And it doesn't mean that uh, the the right uh, the right uh, the right shooting or the right uh, golfer is, is is any less of a golfer or any more of a golfer. Yeah, difference is Phil Mickelson could probably play right handed and beat both of us in uh, in golf. That's how talented that guy is for sure. He, um, he could play right handed and blind and beat yeah, me. I know right. that. All right, let's get to Kent Johnson, uh, a forward with Michigan who play in the Big Ten in the NCAA. Daltac Scouting Service grabbed this guy for $100. Man, that is going to turn into a massive steal. And you see what he did this year. Nine goals, 18 assists in 26 games with the Wolverines this year. Um, is this guy, uh, just, is he going to be a pure centerman all the way? Do you see him uh, you know, maybe being a winger at time? What, what forward position uh, and why does he excel at that, that spot, Craig? Well, he played left wing this year at the University of Michigan. He's in a man. They had a good center ice there. So, you know, Kent uh, is is adaptable. And, you know, and, as a winger now, I mean, the game isn't played up and down wings now. And, you know, we have left wings and right wings. And it doesn't mean that just because you're playing on the wing that you stay in this defined area to play. You know, we see a lot of good wingers that can, you, you know, play in different parts of the ice and maneuver around. And I think that that's why Kent finds his way uh, to the wing and, and, and can still be a really productive player. I see him as a center. I see him as a center as he develops and moves forward. He, he, he's got great imagination. He's got great creativity and he's got great confidence uh, in, in his game, in the way he plays. Uh, he's always probing for, for opportunities. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a quick mind. And, and with that quick mind, he, he, he can not only recognize where their opportunities are going to ensue and get there, but he's got that quick strike because he's got magnificent hands. He's got uh, those puck skills in tight areas where he can make a play uh, when, when a space is tight, but he can also make plays, you know, in, in, in those areas where, where he's delivering the puck or shooting the puck where it becomes really, really difficult to, to defend against them. And, you know, and, and because, and, and, and I, there, there's not a lot of players, Kucherov is the best example of this. Nothing he does is predetermined. He, he's playing the game and he's looking and going, okay, I need to do this here at that time. I, I call it a, the, the free mind focus. And Kucherov has a free mind focus and he doesn't predetermine anything. Kent Johnson has a, pre, has, has a, has a free mind focus. And when you can free your mind to, 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 to saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just look at the whole canvas. I'm going to look at the whole entire landscape to determine what I'm going to do. 
tell you what, it becomes uh, it becomes even more open for you because more opportunities are, are considered, not less. And I think Kent has that ability and, he, and he's got uh, the real good skills to be able uh, to take advantage. I, I hear this lots and, you know, it's really interesting for me, Dean, and I'm going to be straightforward with you here. And people will say to me, Craig, you know, these players haven't played games. How are you changing lists? I'll tell you how I'm changing my list. It's because... I'm watching more and I'm considering more things and I'm and I'm trying to look and think, well, okay, what translates and ha have I given it greatest consideration with respect to this area of the game or that area of the game? And so when I talk about Kent Johnson and having watched Kent now for a few years, I I, I just think that he's got he, he he's got he's got some brilliant qualities. And you'll hear things, ah, he's not the biggest guy, oh, he's not as fast as guy. Okay, good. Scouting is, is no different than, uh, than playing in this regard. Have, have a free mind. Don't look at the one thing and just say that's what he is. Look at the entire scope of his game and look at the things that go, geez, I didn't weigh this enough. I didn't give this enough consideration. And that's why I can go and make a change on my draft list. I'm going to take as much time as I can on my draft list because it just gives me more of an opportunity to consider more things. And it doesn't mean that it's going to change massively, but within the within the uh, different areas, a little bit higher, a little bit lower. That's something I'm always going to be doing. And I think that Kent has uh, has has that great free mind to consider so many different opportunities to, to take advantage. I, I see him as a center, and I I think he's going to be a really good player in the National Hockey League. Yeah, and, and, and like you, you have to take into an account uh, the overall player. These are the things he does well. These are the things he, he needs to work on. But it's kind of human nature. If somebody gives you a compliment, and you, you might think about that. You know, you, you can get 10 compliments, and one person is really, really critical or, or possibly mean, and, and human nature kind of focuses on that. And, and maybe sometimes we focus, you know, you still have to uh, acknowledge the areas the player has to improve, but don't weight it so much in that. Remember some of those some of those good things and, and and take a look at the entire package like look at the entire year that he had and, and as you say you change the the things maybe you go back and watch something and see you know you know see a little bit different I'm not sure but you know what was his uh I guess adjustment at, at Michigan we've seen different players come in obviously when you when you look at the uh the overall numbers he's had a very successful season did it start right away uh, you mentioned he had to play the wing because they have a deep center and sometimes when you go to that next level you spend the first half of the year down in the lineup and then you continually improve and you get more opportunities what was his freshman adjustment like with Michigan I think his adjustment was more before the season started uh, and talking to Mel Pearson the head coach you know Kent has never lacked confidence in his game but he's a quick learner he, he's a quick study is that okay that worked uh, at the BCHL level at the junior A level it's not going to work here and you know, he, he's so willing to try things, but he's also understanding of what things, you know, need a little more work or, or aren't going to aren't going to be successful and he's going to have to change them. Mel said in their in their preseason training, you know, he, he tried a couple of moves, you know, and he and he ended up right back on his backside, you know, because uh, he was being denied and he was being he was being denied hard. He said. And, you know, you love the fact that he's confident in trying these things. He goes, but the beautiful thing about Kent was you didn't really have to tell him, you know, that might be something uh, you might want to consider doing because quickly 
he was able to learn from that experience, maybe change a, a little bit in his approach and set up the defenseman a little bit different way, or just say, I can't do that here. And you're playing against older players, you're playing against stronger players. Again, I go back to the experienced players. College players that have had the benefit of, of more years playing, they, they got experiences that can challenge you, and you, you got to understand that. And I think that Kent absolutely uh, did understand that, does understand that. And, and I think it's another thing that really, you know, positions him well to continue to have success and meet the challenges. Because as he moves up the levels, the challenges are going to still be there, but you got to learn from them and you got to adapt. Kent has clearly shown that he can do all of that. Excellent. Uh, do you have a player in mind when you watch him? Is there a comparison? My comparable for, uh, uh, for Kent is uh, Elias Pettersson. Hmm. Now, type of player. Think about Elias. Does he predetermine anything? Is he creative? Is he imaginative? Does he have great hands? Does he try things? I'm not saying he's Elias Pettersson level. I'm saying he plays that type of a game. Right, right. And that's what a comparison is. You're not saying they're going to be this player, but they no. they they play a, a, a similar type of game, uh, which is what the comparison is all about. And Craig joins us courtesy of the UFFS hotline. Scouting is the lifeblood of franchises in the Ultimate Fantasy Hockey League. Any free agent has to go through a scout. Any prospect has to go through a scout. So get in the game where you own the game. Start putting your scouting talent to good use. Become an independent scout or form a partnership with an existing franchise. Check out all the information at uffsports.com. Craig is the uh, president of scouting for High Level Scouting, which, of course, has an affiliation with uh, my team, Duck Man's Domination. All right, uh, let's get into our uh, last player we're going to talk about here, and it's Oscar Olison, uh, a forward with HV71 in the SHL. Fantalytica.tech uh, purchased this uh, NFT from an existing scout for 280 score coin. Uh, tell us just what kind of a player we have here craig in oscar uh, he's a he, he's a rangy player like you, you know he's got he's got uh, length and obviously with that uh, a, a real range to his game that you know can can really keep defenders at bay excellent hands really good hands and really confident with the puck on his stick and uh, when, when, when you watch him play, he, a lot of players, you know, are, are, are not as comfortable holding the puck as others. And so, some of that comes with physical maturity and being a little bit more physically mature. And I think that that is absolutely the case with Oscar. You know, he, he'll hold the puck and he'll hold you off and he'll he'll wait to, to for, for a defender to break down for him to be able to open up and, and make a play. One of the things that I really love about Oscar Olison is Olison, not Olison, it's Olison. Uh, that I really like about Oscar is that he is so good at being able to shift from one dynamic of the game to another dynamic, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain that. So I just explained how good he is at holding the puck and you know being comfortable with defenders being on him and you know he'll hold the puck and try to force them to try to get it from him and you know really shield them. But the minute he gives up that puck, he's the next thing. And that is okay, now I'm moving the puck here, not because the defenders forced me to do it, because it's the right time. 
And now he's got quickness in his feet and he's got quickness in his mind where now he's moving to the next play. So now you're looking at, you're defending him physically and you can't get it. He gives up the puck and now he's going to beat you with quickness. Now he's going to beat you to a spot on the ice and now you got to defend his shot. You got to defend his ability to get to that spot really quickly and, and to be able to take advantage. You, you, you know, I call it progression of thought. You know, a player, you know, he's, he's in one situation, but what are you trying to progress to? You know, it's not about I'm going to hold the puck. Oh, I got to give it up now. Now what? It's about I hold the puck, I hold the puck, I'm looking to make a play, I'm looking to open up something, and now I'm ready to take advantage of it. There's sequential steps to that, and that's, what I, that's why I call it progression of thought. He's got it, and he's confident, he's good around the net, he's good in tight areas, and I think that, uh, like, like, like all young players, I think the benefit of playing in the SHL this year was one where he showed uh, you know, some real signs and glimpses of what he can be, and I don't have any question in my mind that as he physically matures, that he's going to be able to do more and more of that. And, you know, a really good winger that can do some things that I think are that allow him to, to play in so many different areas of the game. Listen, Miko Rantanen is, a, is an unbelievable player. And, you know, when I use the comparable type of a Miko Rantanen, you know, it goes back to the type of player. But when you think about Miko, and you think about Miko who shoots the puck and makes plays with the puck and has the size to grind you down and to hold you off, I think Oscar has that style of game. I think he has that type of game. If he comes anywhere near close to what Miko Rantanen is, if he comes anywhere near close to being half of what Miko Rantanen is, you're talking about a real top-end player. But, but, but I think that Oscar Olison has, has a lot of qualities that are very, very attractive. And he's a player that I like very much. Well, we, we talk about players sometimes, um, you know, outplaying their expectations. We talk about that. Hey, how did they get this guy here? You know, if if uh, Oscar had all the packages, we'd be talking about him as a top five, maybe top ten player, uh, like some of the other guys. But what are some of those things? And we talked about it earlier, things that player can work on. What improvements do you think he could make as he develops that could push him? And just like people are talking about Miko Ranton right now, you know, people were having a conversation with Guy Flaming and the other day about you know we didn't see Miko Rantanen being this great when you know back when we were talking about him on the pipeline show so you know what do you think maybe things in Oscar uh, Olison's game uh the the skill sets that he has and then the skill sets that can maybe propel him to being one of those guys yeah and, and, and you know it's a great question and it goes back into a scouting evaluation right it's it, it's really easy to observe the obvious, right? It's really easy to observe a great skater or somebody that has a great shot or somebody that handles the puck with exceptional ability, right? You, mm-hmm. you know, those are obvious. But just because things are not as obvious doesn't mean they can't be developed. And, you know, when we talk about what translates to the NHL, there's certain qualities that, 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 that absolutely translate quick mind. You have to have basic elements, not basic, but you have to have the NHL quality elements, skating, you know, uh, thinking, competitiveness, puck skills, whatever your role is. Now you're going to slow different areas of the thing, but what ends up happening is, is that you're looking at 17 year old and 18 year old players that haven't come close to developing. So what they, what they are at that particular age, 
you know, you're observing and, and, and it might not be as obvious. And that's where the projection part comes in. And that's what makes scouting uh, of 17 and 18 year old players. And I specifically go to hockey and baseball so demanding and so challenging because there's so much development that has to occur for these players to reach that potential. But, and, and so what you're doing is, is saying in the case of Mika Rantanen or in the case of Braden Point, you know, just to use a couple, you're looking to go, okay, what could they be like? We know what we see here, okay? He's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest skater. And now this goes into trying to, okay, how hard does the player work? How committed is he? How does he take direction? You know, what, what is our belief based on previous experiences for this player to be able to advance and progress? And that's what, so just because, just because we don't see, uh, you know, what Miko Rantanen is today back then, was there any idea that he was that back then? You know, I, he got behind in, 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 in by the Colorado Avalanche. But, you know, when you go back in drafts, and, and, and we do this all the time, you go back and you say, how did they get that player here and there? Uh, me and you, you and me have talked about this team. The 2012 draft, the best mm. player in that draft is Andre Vasilevsky. He was the 19th pick overall. He's the best player. There's nobody picked before him or after him that's better than Andre Vasilevsky. So why did he end up at 19? You know, there's a lot of reasons. You know, why did Dale Yakupov go one and Alex Galchenyuk go three? And why do we arrive at this point now where it's clear who the best player in that draft is? Clear, clear as clear as clear can be. And, you know, you, you, you go back and if it was that obvious, well, guess what? He would have been the first pick. And yeah. Nikita Kucherov in his draft year would have been the first pick. It wasn't obvious. And that's what makes scouting so challenging. And, you know, teams and individual scouts are trying to do this every single day. Okay, here's what I think. Okay, is there anything that should change my thinking? Is there anything more I need to add that, that where I think this player is a little bit better or he's not as good as I thought? Or, you know, when you're comparing within groups, Right, always with the idea that you're looking to what the, the prerequisites are to play in the National Hockey League. But, but that's as simple as an answer as I can give when you're looking at the draft. Well, and that's just the one D. You still got the other D development that comes into play, and and oh, yeah. just because a you know player is taken in one spot, maybe he's not uh, developed properly, and and that's why he gets passed by other players in that draft. So you know you can that's Absolutely. just the first step, and then there's there's a lot that comes after it. And you mentioned draft as this, it's been challenging, uh, draft you know scouting is challenging, but this year and and last year uh, even more so. This year more so than last year because at least you had you know three quarters, almost a full season. But no combine uh, last year, no combine this year. You can still do the interviews, and, and that's very important. But is it a problem for teams to not be able to have that physical testing going on where they can actually look at it and that, and that whole combine process? Is, is that uh, an, an issue, do you think, this year? Or is it just you know something that the, 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 the scouts are going to have to say, hey, we don't, we, we, you know, we don't have that. They didn't have that information for a, for a long time. Uh, I, I guess I'm asking is, is the combine as important uh, to scouting in hockey as it maybe is in some or other sports? I, I think the combine is important, and, uh, and, and I think it's important for a lot of reasons. You, you're trying to get as much information as you can uh, to, to gain as much confidence as you can on the players you're considering selecting. And, you know, 
the physiology of players, you know, the strength and conditioning coaches that can watch a player and, and, and look at and, 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 and try to project as best as they can. Remember, they're trying to project as well as they can and saying, we think that this player with, with two more years, three more years and working with him and, and his willingness to work and strength that go, comes with it, his skating will improve to this extent. And, and so that becomes information that helps you gain that confidence to, to make that projection down the road as well. So it really, it really is important and everybody's going to weigh it differently and everybody's going to look at, uh, the, you know, this area of evaluation as opposed to that. But, but, but it's all the areas that you put in together, uh, you know, meeting a player, going on the background, the analytics, the, 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 the video, you know, the, the live viewings, everything comes in to, to the overall evaluation. So it, it, it is critical and it is incredibly valuable for the teams. Because again, I, I'm going to emphasize, what you're trying to do is gain as much confidence in your evaluation that in terms of projecting these young players. Number two is, it, 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 I, I wouldn't call it a problem, it's a reality this year. It's a problem if it's something you could rectify. Then you got to ask yourself, why haven't you rectified it? Why haven't you solved that problem? This is a reality. And I think based on last year now and what the NHL teams went through, what did they learn from last year going without the combine, you know, doing Zoom calls and interviews and not having the benefit of some things that, you know, really are helpful. So, you know, you're progressing, you're trying to advance and you're trying to look, okay, this is where we're at this year. This is the reality of the situation. And, and quite frankly, Dean, it becomes now, how do we maximize our situation to the greatest extent possible? You can't bemoan things that you cannot change. You can't. You, and the bottom line is, you know, with where the combine is, it can't be changed. So, okay, that's reality. Deal with it and let's move on. And I think that the NHL teams did that last year. And, and, and they're looking at different ways and, and better ways uh, to deal with the reality of the situation in, in this coming well, and it's not like uh, it, the, the pandemic has only happened to like the San Jose Sharks. Every single team is in the same boat. It's not just one right. team that this, so you're, you're at the you're a level playing field as every other scout. And it's, uh, you know, whatever team adapts the best. And, and as you said, just, okay, this is what we control. Let's control it and, and leave the, uh, the rest of it, um, you know, in, in the hands of, of fate as it might be. And, and seven more weeks, Craig, seven weeks from now, we'll be doing our final pre-draft show. Every Everything seems to seems to drag out in the pandemic, but the draft is rushing forward. So uh, can't wait to count down uh, to the top players in the draft as we move forward to those dates in uh, late July. Thanks as always for your time, your passion, and your knowledge, Craig. It's always a pleasure, Dean. And uh, you know what? Load up on that free vitamin D. Alberta's giving away. This is a serious message. Craig Button joins us on the Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports Hotline. Become a scout and make money while providing prospects to the Ultimate Franchise Hockey League. What'd you talk about, mister? Pay that man his money. I'm your huckleberry. Check out the details at www.uffsports.com. It's serious. I like it a lot. I said we got a winner. UFFS, you own the game.
right, in the next little while, we are going to bring you Craig's Council. Actually, it'll be the last show of Season 2, so probably two weeks after the draft. Week, the week after the draft, we'll recap it, and then uh, the uh, week after that, we'll wrap up with another Craig's Council. Basically, it's story time and scouting tips. So if you want to know about how to scout a specific position, player, anything like that, if you have other questions about uh, the, uh, the scouting world in general, uh, that's good. Or if you just want to hear some funny stories and some great stories uh, from Craig in his uh, many, many years in the hockey game. Remember, his dad started NHL Central Scouting. His uh, his mother uh, was a secretary for Punch Imlac. He's been around the game since he was born, and he's uh, you know come in contact with some of the greatest people in the game. So he's got a lot of great stories and some fun stuff. If you'd like to get in a question for that, Shoot me an email, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. That's trackingthedraft at gmail.com, and uh, we will add it to the list of uh, of the topics uh, when we definitely get to that show. Hope you enjoyed the program. Uh, please subscribe, uh, leave us a review, uh, let us know certainly what you think of the program. And that means it's time for me to wrap things up. You can find more great programming, though, right here on our YouTube channel, Ultimate Franchise or Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Our YouTube channel is right there. You can see all the shows. Here's a quick look at some of the schedule that we have going on. UFFF podcast every Sunday, Two Minute Tuesday, Tracking the Draft, this show on Wednesdays, Full Count Fantasy Baseball, live on Thursdays with myself and Jordan Blundell, and UFHL now on Fridays. We have actually a live draft lottery show later tonight as well, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on UFSN. To advertise, hit me up, trackingthedraft at gmail.com. And if you're interested in past episodes or other shows, check out podcastalley.ca. This has been Tracking the Draft. For Craig Button, I'm Dean Millard. The stars of tomorrow are discovered and discussed here.